Hello. Hello. Hi. The podcast Clash of the Titans welcomes you this evening. Hello, Hi. Ryan Veter. Ryan Veter. Hello, <laughs> Jenny Aladna. Hello. That's Jumpy Birdadna. That's true. Because Because I don't know that birds jump. Yeah. Yeah. That's a Twitter joke from 2015. <laughs> And tonight we have our special guest. Oh, Dan Revapinto. Hi. Hi. Hi, Dan. Hi. Greetings and good evening, Dan Revapinto. <laughs> Greetings and salutations. You're like a vampire host. What oh. wonderful time it is to <laughs> record of a podcast. <laughs> Clash of the Titans. With you, my friends. This is the podcast where we play text adventure computer video games allowed for your listening ears. <laughs> so Ryan, which one of your games are we playing tonight? Jeez. And that's not like a segue question. I don't really know. Okay. I'm going to look up my IFDB profile. Okay. Your oeuvre. Yeah. Uh, there are a couple games that I've written that aren't on here. Okay. Including one that we're definitely not going to play, um, which is my adaptation of... Edgar Allan Poe's novel, the somethings of Edgar, the narrative of Ed, Edgar, the narrative of Arthur Gordon Pym of Nantucket. Is that um, the one with the Angel of the Odd? No, that's something different. No, it's the one where there's a shipwreck and cannibalism, and then crazy racism. Okay. <laughs> wow. It's like if, as long as you're not like concerned with uh, books being any good. It's mm. the best book. <laughs> it's so nuts. The and it's like, Poe actually didn't know anything about shipwrecks. So he <laughs> kind of cobbled together this narrative from like stories he had heard. And a bunch of oh, it like wow. objectively doesn't make any sense because he doesn't know how boats work apparently. Wow. And then he gets past the shipwreck part and he goes to Antarctica, um, which hadn't been discovered at this point i think or something he doesn't know what antarctica is like either and um there's a bunch of black people there and oh. things just get better and better okay. wow i highly recommend it <laughs> antarctica yeah huh. i mean do you recommend it for people who don't want to read good books um i recommend it for people who want to read Totally bonkers books. Okay. Okay. So the kind of people who would not reject the King started uh, the kickstarted movie Kung Fury for not being actually good. Yeah. As some of my friends have been doing lately, and it's like, what do you want? Like there is the scene where he rips the guy's arm off and uses it as a helicopter. Yeah. See, yeah. There's there's a set of standards out there mm -hmm. that um, you know I guess we just have to. Uh, live with, but that doesn't mean that it has any bearing on whether things are... Well, no, whether something is good isn't the question, is it? Mm. It's whether it's amazing. Right. Gothic uh, Tower would be thematically consistent. It kind of would. Okay. Have you played it, Dan? I have not. All right. Let's play The Ascent of the Gothic Tower. Okay.
Okay, this is actually um, thematically appropriate for me, my my personal self. Oh yeah. Because um, I visited this oh, tower just yeah. yesterday. I just saw your picture of the tower on social media. It's pretty gothic. It's pretty and gothic. Yes. Is it um, is it near where you live? No, it's in Iowa City. Okay. Because I, um, I seem to remember you describing on a previous podcast about how a lot of the places are based on, you know, physical, actual places you've been or are near. Yeah, but um, most of the those places are places in Iowa City. Okay. Um, because um, when I went to college at the U of I, uh, it was when I started having to walk around everywhere. Mm. Where in my hometown, I would drive or be driven everywhere. And so by walking everywhere, I got a very different uh, experience of space. Uh And that fed into my approach to text adventure design quite a bit. And the result is that I wrote a bunch of games about spaces in Iowa City. I I went into great detail about how Taco Fiction is a real place, right? Yeah. I think so. It sounds familiar. Yeah. You definitely have to me. I can't remember if it was on this podcast or not. I probably did. Um, and there are other games that similarly, yes. So this game um, was actually commissioned by Simon Carlos for the video games story bundle. Ooh. Yeah. I was in a story bundle too. That's neat. Oh, cool. Nice. What was yours that was in the uh, We were, uh, my husband and I have written um, so far two fantasy novels and we're working on a third. Nice. Um, and our first novel was included in the in the fantasy story bundle they did. Oh, okay. Uh, cool. That's really cool. But they, they actually commissioned for it. That's really Wait, what's awesome. the name of the thing? The, the, you, uh, the, yeah. se- the series is called The Grey City and the, the first book is The Duchess of the Shallows. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's really cool. So they, they actually commissioned for it. Um, yeah. The previous uh, video game story bundle had, um, what's his face? Ian Bogost's um, A Slow Year in it. Okay. And I don't, I, don't, I don't know why Simon decided he wanted my game in it, but I'm very glad that he did because it was a fun experience and we got this <laughs> neat game out of it. Well, you're in a very unique position because... Can you name anyone else who's been like commissioned for stuff other than like Emily Short? I haven't been paying really close attention. But I mean, but I think probably, you might be like one of five people in the world. Well, that's wonderful to hear. Um, <laughs> let's talk about something else. Okay. Getting self-conscious. The sun is very low now. And as long as you stand in this exact spot with your head in this exact position, it shines straight through the tower's arches and straight into your eyes. It doesn't say straight twice. That would be bad writing. It shines straight through the tower's arches and into your eyes so that you're standing right on its gargantuan shadow's axis of symmetry and staring directly into the center of its magnificent silhouette. It is gorgeous. This is a transcendent moment of perfect alignment, one which you wish you could prolong indefinitely. But now your eyes are starting to hurt. You should stop staring at the sun. The Ascent of the Gothic Tower an interactive fiction by Ryan Veter. Release 1, slash, serial number 140831, slash, inform 7, build 6LO2, uh, 
i6 slash v 6.33 lib 6 twelfths n. Um, it says release one. I'm fairly certain it was not release one. Uh, or maybe it is. Maybe I think I recompiled this for 6LO2, mm. and it was originally in 6G60. So oh, this sure. is release 3 or something, but who bothers with version numbers? Right. Lawn. The hill on this side of the river is a wide lawn with only a few trees, seemingly designed for the purpose of offering a clear view of the tower. Down the hill to the west, the street lamps are already turned on over the bridge, like runway lights, marking the path up to the tower. You feel like there are spots like this all over town that exist only to make people notice this tower. And yet, as far as you can tell, you're the only person who's as obsessed with the tower as you are. A couple of kids are sitting on a blanket nearby, pawing at each other like there's nobody else around. And wouldn't that be nice? And then we have a command prompt. So, Jenny, have you ever played this before? I have played this one before, so you should drive. Okay. Um... I'm already noticing maybe it's it's slouching on the mind or not, but uh, like the difference between the player character and sort of the narrator, because yeah. the the player character, like I feel like the narrator is judging the player character, and I can't tell if that's the player character judging him herself. Um, mm. Like you should probably mm. stop staring at the sun, or you're really <laughs> obsessed with the tower. Interesting. You know, whenever I read this, I because um, that comes up, I think, a lot in your stuff, Ryan, and I always attribute it to a really critical inner voice that I think you yourself have. That sounds likely, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I think that's exactly it, because I there isn't supposed to be any weird like separation between player and narrator. Okay, so it's just a very... It's just a, extremely introspective, and yes... Self-critical individual. Individual, okay. Who is obsessed with the tower and critical... Who's obsessed with the tower. Yeah. Um, Okay, so to the west are the lights that light us here. There's some kids making out, and there's a... The tower's to the north? No, the hill is to the west. The lights lead west across the river Ah, to the tower. Ah, to the tower. Okay, so we want to go west. Um, Yeah. Always turn left. Right. So the kids want us to go away. And now this is interesting because the description of kids and like our whole thing about Nickelodeon earlier, <laughs> it, it's like, what do you define as kids? So, so can we look at the kids? I'm curious oh, yeah. about their actual ages. They stare into each other's eyes. They whisper at intervals. They kiss by, wouldn't that be nice? You didn't mean that it would be nice to be necking outdoors in front of everyone. The thing that would be nice is the hypothetical situation in which there's nobody else around. These kids are, you know, 20. Right. And so we're clearly way older than 20 because we're referring to them as kids. Yeah, we're probably like 24 or something. <laughs> right, at least. <laughs> no, that, that's, that's correct because this is a, a grad student who's sick and tired of undergrads. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Um, this is uh, extremely autobiographical, but uh, that particular element is more of a, uh, is not a quality that I really have of being disdainful of everyone who's younger than me but it's a it's an easy quality to write sure can we do uh inventory yeah you are carrying a photocopy from the library oh that's interesting can we examine the photocopy yeah this is a photocopy of a photocopy of a grainy photo from an old book but it gets the point across 
It depicts a monster carved in stone with the head and talons of a rooster, but the wings and tail of a dragon. It is either a basilisk or a cockatrice. Have we talked about what is the difference between a basilisk and a cockatrice? I always thought a basilisk was lizard, more lizardy, and the cockatrice, like a cockatrice, is a lizard-like chicken. But I thought basilisks were almost exclusively lizard. Lizard, okay, and no um, chicken. In some children's treasury of poetry about fictional creatures, um, the uh, the last line of the poem about the basilisk was. Sometimes people call a basilisk a cockatrice. And so um, my original idea was that they are the same thing, but depending on who you ask, yeah, there are differences. Kind of, um, That's so far true to my experience. Kind of like ethics and morals. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a long conversation this morning about what's, oh, gosh. The, what's the difference, and the only conclusion we can come to is there are two words for the same thing and no one can agree on what they are. Yeah, that sounds about right. Well, neither can anyone agree that they are the same thing. Right. So you are assuming the, in the one part, uh, anyway, um, (laughs) the guy in Harry Potter, (laughs) you wouldn't call that one a cockatrice. No, you'd call it it a basilisk. Oh, that works. I wouldn't call him either. Yeah. Does it, does it, I don't think it turns anything to stone either, does it? Yeah. Um, no, it, yeah. it petrifies people, so it like um, paralyzes them. But they're not stone. Right. Both of them do? Cockatrice and Basilisk? I think they do. I think they both okay. turn things to stone. Oh, yeah. That's, that's supposed to be a quality of both of them. Yeah. I was okay. talking about the one in Harry Potter that paralyzes rather than. I think that was a Basilisk. Yeah. yeah, they call it a basilisk. But it was actually a cockatrice? No, I'm saying that this is fascinating. <laughs> I'm so confused. Great radio. Right. I'm so confused. Um, Although, co- as I understand it, a basilisk can do it with a look, and I think a cockatrice has to hit you. I don't think it's just looking at a cockatrice. Um, some stories, it's their breath that does it. Right, or their beak. Um, in NetHack, a cockatrice will petrify you if you so much as touch it or get one of its eggs thrown at you or are carrying it while you fall down the stairs because you're encumbered. Um, Mm. But in um, D&D, it's just if it bites you. Right. Okay. Although basilisks, I think in D... Are there basilisks in D&D? Oh, absolutely. I think it's just vision. It's like a Medusa. I think that's right. Yeah. Okay. Um, And... And for some reason, I'm remembering, like, there's a recipe for making a cockatrice. Yeah, you have to hatch a rooster's egg under a toad. That was it. Yeah, it's something bizarre like that, yeah. Because I remember the rooster's egg. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, so, the toad part does not sound like the hard part. Well, getting nope. it to sit still on the egg. Sure, but I think the rooster's egg is going to be the... Biggest sticking point here. And it's non-existent, you mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what else did you want to do? Right. Um, okay, <laughs> so... computer game. Uh, can we examine ourselves? You aren't really obsessed. You do have other things going on in your life. You have other goals. But isn't it best, with any goal, to give it your complete focus, at least for as long as you're focusing on it? 
Yesterday you had something else to take care of, so you took care of it. Tomorrow there will be yet another thing to worry about, and you will worry about it, exerting 100% of the concern that that issue merits. But tonight, you are going to get to the top of that tower. And there's no description of us. That's that's the entirety of it. That is the description of you, Dan. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> here I was thinking that it was kind of like the the audio background thing we were playing where it kind of furthers. Oh, no. No, that was the actual description. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So let's go west. Screw these kids. Let's climb a tower. <laughs> Bridge. It's getting harder to see the tower, but it's still due west from here. The river looks a little choppy on account of the wind, and nobody's standing around to admire the view, but there are a few birds swooping around to make the scene tolerably pretty. Some guy is crossing from the other direction. Just don't make eye contact. Oh, I have to look at the guy now. <laughs> <laughs> He's only a guy with a beard and a backpack, the type of guy you see all over the place, because this is a college campus. He might even look a little familiar. You just looked him in the eye by accident, and now you have to nod politely to show him you're not a creep. He keeps walking and disappears behind you. There is a secret in this area. I think it's in this area. There's an obelisk. There's an obelisk? Yeah. Really? Okay, well... Let's try. Would to, I lie? Well, let's try finding Maybe. it rather than just like examine obelisk. Um, so you want to like let's look at stuff. So there's the river, the bridge. Um, so let's look birds. at the river, the choppy river. Okay. In a couple of months, it'll be a wasteland of jagged ice flows grinding into each other. Tonight is just a run-of-the-mill river. There used to be a trio of ferocious geese that would hang out around here, but something must have happened. I have to say, your games set on college campuses are so much better than the ones I did on mine. (laughs) (laughs) Because, like, the only game I wrote in college before Tapestry was this... We wrote it in Pascal. Wow. Because I hadn't even discovered in form. And it was just a horrible chain of Uh, in-jokes. I think it was called, like, Time Duck or something. And you had a duck that you could use to travel sure. through time. Um, on oh, that our... doesn't sound bad. Uh, it was pretty bad. Um, <laughs> and it was just set on our college campus because, like, that's what you do. And this is this has such a, like, a sense of place, like the ice flows and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, One thing I like about your games, Ryan, is that it gets cold. What? Like, seasons happen to people. Or they're mentioned. Huh. They're not sort of floating, you know, timelessly. Yeah, or they're not set in that, like, um, uh, unspecified but probably California location that, like, all Pixar movies and uh, The Sims take place in. Uh, Yeah, they're all set in, instead, a different default based on where I've lived my whole life. Uh Uh-huh. Although I would argue it's, it's more specific than California. It's like San Diego. Yeah. It's just this, like, endlessly blank, sunny canvas. Uh-huh. It doesn't rain in The Sims. I just realized that. Does it? Did it... I tell you I was going to make it rain in Taco Fiction? No. I was going to um, just have it start raining after turn, like, <laughs> 75 or something. <laughs> For no reason. For no reason. That's awesome. And then I thought about it years later, and I was like, no, it should start raining after some part of the story. Like, as a like a plot point happens, and mm-hmm. then it starts raining. Um, 
which is the pathetic fallacy. Uh. Um, and uh, then I thought, oh, that means that I've changed as an artist because uh. I have this different opinion now. <laughs> uh, but now I think that both options are good. So I must have changed as an artist. Now I want to write something where the rain, like the shadows of the rain fall on the main character's face like tears, but they're not sad or anything. They're just like doing their laundry. <laughs> the shadows of the rain? Yeah. Like, if on a, on oh, the, oh, I, saw, I thought you meant that the rain was doing its laundry. <laughs> huh. So the rain would have a really easy time doing the first half of its laundry <laughs> and a really hard time doing the second half. Dryers would just be a nightmare, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although that sounds yeah. like a good opening scene because then you can describe, like, yourself standing at the window doing the laundry. As the mm -hmm. shadows do their thing. <laughs> so we're looking for an obelisk, maybe. Yes. Yeah. So there's evil geese, but they're not here now. Yeah, that's um, an in-joke to the geese that used to be on the campus. Just like the obelisk is an in-joke. I'm saying that there are a bunch of in-jokes in here. So can we look at the bridge? Yeah. You ran across some information about the bridge while researching the tower. They may or may not have been built around the same time. You forget. It's a fine-looking bridge, although it's not easy to tell while you're standing on it. So, is there anything else to look at in the description? There was the river, the bridge, the lawn? Birds. Birds. Can we examine them? Okay. You believe they're swallows, although they fly too fast for you to get a good look. They're just sharp-looking swooshing shapes darting over the surface of the river and then back up to their nests. Can we examine the nests? I, uh, they're hard to see from here, but the general idea is that somehow the swallows build a little cave out of mud up in a hard-to-reach corner. So I am completely lost in terms of obelisk. Yeah, the, that's the point, oh, Dan. Oh. Okay. There, it's, it, there's no indication at all that there's an obelisk. There's an obelisk. Other than X obelisk and getting a response? Yeah. Okay, let's oh, X okay. obelisk. I hope I remember. You can't see any such thing. <gasps> it's that secret. Oh, boy. <laughs> this is incorrect. I swear I put an invisible obelisk in here. Well, it's invisible. You can't yeah, see it. Yeah, you can't see it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you can see it later from a different vantage point. Okay. So, so we have come to this bridge, and I think we should proceed west without stopping and looking at anything. I think that's a great idea, Dan. Well thought, Dan. Well thought, Jenny. Hill, this side of the river is somewhat quieter, as there aren't many people running around. But now the hill and the trees and everything have made it impossible to see the tower at all. You're too close. It's still up the hill to the west, though. You know that much. Well, great. Somebody is locking up her bike on the rack. What's she doing here? Um, examine woman. Actually... It looks like she was, in fact, unlocking her bike, and now she's cycling off across the bridge. Maybe you'll have the place to yourself after all. Phew. Yeah. That was scary. I know. Other people. Yeah. <sighs> the worst. Are the worst. Um, so, was there anything else? So, we know it's for the west. We can't see the tower anymore. There yeah, was... you can see hills and trees and a bike rack. Okay. Um, so, I guess we should keep going west. Okay. Entrance 19. All right, this is it. The tower is just ahead. Well, 
Just ahead is the newer building that surrounds the tower on all sides, too high for you to see the actual tower from down here. But you walked straight west from across the river, so it stands to reason that you could reach the tower by heading through the door to the west. A sidewalk running around the building leads northwest and southwest. The placard over the door says, Entrance 19. Hmm. So we can go around, and we can presumably go to the tower straight to the west, and the placard only says Entrance 19. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go west. The door's handle won't budge, oh. but you can see through the window to the other side. Uh, look through window. The lights are still on inside, and you can just make out a photograph hung on the opposing wall. It may actually be a picture of the tower. So it's locked. Um, can we examine door? It's a tough-looking steel door, painted industrial gray. There's a tall, skinny window set above the handle. Okay. So, uh, Jenny, northwest or southwest? Um, oh, I, so if I'm remembering correctly, northwest is the way we want to go, and then southwest is a dead end, and it might be interesting. Sure. But okay. I can't remember. Let's let's try southwest and see if you're right. Okay. Entrance 20. Ah. The sidewalk from the northeast yeah, ends here, where the perimeter of the building runs into a row of thick bushes to the south. Cough, cough. cough it looks cough. like a dead end, although there is another door to the north labeled entrance 20. That's So this is an actual building in real life? It is. I mean, it, this doesn't resemble it absolutely down mm-hmm. to the blueprint but no no it's just it's very much so so odd to have big signs that just say entrance 19 entrance 20 yeah i think that's more a quality of the nearby field house than of boyd tower okay. what's described here um not the gothic tower which is the gothic tower the building around the gothic tower is called boyd tower and i don't think it has entrance numbers but the field house does for some reason okay huh. yeah it's, it's just so in the middle of completely unhelpful and actually helpful <laughs> because they it's don't like t- if you if you knew what these numbers meant or or what it was an entrance to or uh-huh. you know, or southern entrance or like it's just on the line of information free <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah Actually, all it does is disambiguate what you can clearly tell from context are entrances to something right Right. Yeah. It's just short of absolutely no information whatsoever. Yeah, it's kind of amazing, actually. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I can't take credit for it because I was just copying the thing I saw. <laughs> okay. Um, let's try north. Let's see if this door is any better. You try the door, but the handle won't budge. Ah. Let's check out the bushes to the south. Yes. Okay. Oh, I want to say, um, because I get the chance to direct people playing the game, uh, that... All of these doors, all of these doors, probably all of these doors, have windows in them, and you can always look through the window. Oh, the door. Okay. and you are implying we should do that. We should. I don't know if doing it in this one will be interesting at all, but let's find out. The hallway inside is dark, but you can see a red exit sign at the other end, and below it, a narrow orange rectangle about the dimensions of the one you are looking through. Whoa. It's doorception. <laughs> um, but you wanted to go south? Oh, we wanted uh-huh. to look at the bushes, yeah. 
Oh, yeah, sure, yeah. Examine the bushes instead of going talk because they're bushes. They're in your way. Mm-hmm. The first thing you notice about the bushes is that they haven't been trimmed recently. The th- second thing you notice is a little hole in between two of them, just wide enough that you could slip through to whatever lies beyond. Ooh. Let's mm. go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> Cozy place. What's this? Jack Skellington said that once. <laughs> <laughs> Carved into the hill among all these trees is a little place to sit, a circle of lumpy flagstones surrounded by stone benches. There are weeds all over everything. It feels like you've ended up in the middle of nowhere, although you're aware that the sidewalk is just north of here. I have to say, it's really amazing. Um, I think Ira Glass once commented that radio is a very visual medium, Mm. which is odd on the surface of it, but... Having someone read a text adventure to you, it's it feels like it's using a completely different part of my brain to envision it. Uh-huh. I don't know if... Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Yeah. We've been yeah. doing this podcast for a while. Yeah. I, I, have you guys noticed... Have you noticed that or... Cause I, I think we've we've noticed that it's a very different experience. I didn't, don't know if we connected it to the visual aspect of the experience. Yeah, I hadn't. I think you've got something there. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it until you said it just now, but I totally agree with you. I think it's the slow down nature of the fact that, like, I have to access it sort of linearly to you reading it. Mm-hmm. I can't like skim or jump ahead or jump back. You know what I mean? Like, I mm-hmm. have I have to take it in the single line of the description, and so. Like, I'm just finding myself envisioning it very differently than if I was playing this on a screen. That's just kind of neat. And that's also why we are so bad with directions. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I I can kind of remember physically where we are, but, like, I can kind of see the benches in my head. And I don't know if I necessarily would envision it that way if I was playing it just straight. Right. So, okay, so we're in a cozy little place. There didn't seem to be any other exits. Can we look at the benches? And there's yeah. flagstones. One bench looks a lot more comfortable than the others, although that isn't saying much. And there's flagstones. There's not enough space between the benches to comfortably accommodate even a small group of people. What did the person who built this space have in mind? Hmm. So this is based on a real place, right? Oh, yeah. This is my favorite place on campus. Yeah, that kind of comes across. Can we sit on the comfortable bench? Yeah. You take a seat, lean back, and look up at the sky. This is nice. You can't really see anything from here, so it stands to reason that nobody can see you. This is real solitude. Was there anything else, object-wise, or exits, or it's just to the north, right? Uh, Weeds is the only other thing. Sure, let's look at the weeds. (laughs) I hope I... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. If this place belongs to somebody, they haven't been around to take care of it recently. That's kind of sad. It's kind of forgotten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the, the place can't be yours if other people remember it. This is true. Mm. It's the wow. It's, it's the problem of like liking a band or something like that. You don't want them to get too popular. Yeah. Just like this podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if more than ten people start listening to it. It's all downhill. Yeah. Um, I was thinking we should totally do the live show. Like we should, um, I don't know, like meet up in Madison or somewhere. And do the live show like 
and do the live show in like a car with no audience. Yeah, or somewhere. Yeah, but I was thinking like just us and maybe one other person who didn't know why, like, didn't mean to be there, <laughs> but decided to stay. Why are you recording us? I don't understand. <laughs> Look, we'll explain when it's over. Just tell us what to examine. <laughs> uh. <laughs> okay, so okay. Uh, let's go north again. Okay. And so you're then, at entrance, you're at entrance 20. 20. And then northeast to entrance so, yeah. 19. Yeah, entrance 19. And then I guess northwest to entrance 18? One way you're right. Um, there's another door here at the north end of the building, facing an empty parking lot. Not much of a view. The sidewalk turns from southeast to southwest, and it breaks off here toward a stairway that leads down to a basement exit or something. Hmm. So, can we look through the window of this door? Yeah. The hallway inside is dark, but you can see a red exit sign at the other end, and below it, a narrow orange rectangle about the dimensions of the one you're looking through. And through it, you see yourself. <gasps> uh, wow. Okay. So we, hmm. okay. So we just saw that's entrance 20 on the other side and there's mm -hmm. stairs down. Can we look at the parking lot? Yeah. It's just a big black rectangle, but if you ran over to the other end, you might be able to get a look at the tower. Oh, um, so I guess North, yeah, he, he doesn't suck at directions at all. <laughs> um, parking lot. There are no cars here. Everyone must be home for the night. A low chain fence does a lousy job of separating the pavement from the slope below. But when you turn back towards the south, you do get a very nice view of the tower. Okay, let's examine the tower. You haven't had a chance to see the tower from this angle before tonight, and it merits some close attention. The north face looks very similar to the east face, but there are some details that either differ between the two sides or aren't visible from way over the river, away across the river. Those rosettes, for example, you've never seen anything like them before. See, that makes me... So, okay. So the north side of the tower is the part that actually... Okay, that face is north, and we're looking south. Yeah. Okay. For some reason, I inverted it in my head that the north face should be... The one you see when you look uh, Oh. Is, is, is that how towers work? I don't know. The north face is the side that is on the north. It's on the north. That okay, you okay. can see from the north. Okay. So we can see... It's also a brand of puffy jacks. <laughs> I was just thinking that. Can we examine the rosettes? Yeah, I bet. I bet. I bet I'm, you're right. Well, you assume they're rosettes. They're probably rosettes. <laughs> you have, our, our protagonist has really good eyesight, I think. Because that's pretty darn far. They could be big rosettes. I guess so. Yeah. I was kind of envisioning huge, giant rosettes. Um, okay, so there are cars on this side of the parking lot? There are no cars. Oh, there are no cars. Okay. Um, and what happens if we try, like, going north? Does it say we want to go back, or...? The tower is south from here. The city that extends in all other directions is of no interest to you tonight. I get the feeling the city is of no interest to our protagonist. <laughs> Most of the time. Right. I don't think there's a time it's not interesting to the protagonist. Or is interesting to the protagonist. Uh, well, there's people in the city. It's yeah. gross. Right. Gross. Ugh. Okay, so let's go back south. Okay. 
And can we look at the stairs? Oh, we look through the window. Can we look at the stairs? Uh, yeah. All you can see from up here is that the lights are on down there. Huh. And, okay, so, Jenny, do you think we should go southwest and look at the other side or go down the stairs? I think we should go southwest. Okay. I think there is something. Entrance 17. Now that you're on the other side of the tower, there's very little between you and this amazing sunset. A placard above the door reads, Entrance 17, and the graffito underneath, that, says, Dried Out. Hmm. The sidewalk goes south and northeast from here, following the perimeter of the building. Hey, there's a quarter on the sidewalk. Oh, yeah. We want it. Yeah. Okay. I wonder if I put in a description of the quarter. I don't know. (laughs) It's the kind of thing where I would forget it because everyone knows what a quarter looks like. (laughs) Oh, on one side, George Washington's head. On the other, that big angry eagle. There you go. I guess so. I want to read stuff into the descriptions, like, angry? Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man, uh, I don't have a quarter nearby. I, I don't recall the him being particularly angry. I never thought of that eagle as having any particular emotion other than being, like, stoic. Right. Well, then you have to read something into it. I guess so. Um, so, interestingly enough, even though we can't get to it from... Let's see, this is exit 17, 18, 19, 20. From exit 20, um, we can go south from here, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely, you can. Yeah, so let's try that, because we couldn't get to it from the other side. Your eyes follow the trail of the sidewalk as it curves toward entrance 16, entrance 15, and who knows what other destinations, and you apply some quick spatial reasoning. The tower is at this end of the complex, probably, assuming this end of the complex is basically symmetrical, due east from where you're standing, and you have no idea what is going on in the rest of this building. If you lose your point of reference, you could get seriously lost. It's also starting to get kind of dark over there. It kind of feels like you should find another way inside. Okay. Can we look at the sunset first? I bet. It occurs to you that the sun is ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) The sun is larger than your imagination can grasp. It is hotter than your imagination can grasp. It is so hot and so massive that the laws of physics as you normally interact with them do not apply in its vicinity. In many ways, the sun is functionally an alternate dimension. But all these disturbing facts are unproblematic because the sun is very far away. It is so far away, you can quote-unquote, understand how far away the sun is, only in a very rudimentary taking-their-word-for-it sense, that it appears to be smaller than your thumb. It's a very good thing that the sun is so far away for a multitude of reasons. The distance between you and the sun is the perfect distance, the correct distance. And as with so many things, the correct distance is very, very, very far away. You really should stop staring at the sun. (laughs) (laughs) has anyone ever commented like what the heck (laughs) with regards to that particular description i think a lot of people miss it because you don't really have to come down to this side of the tower and you don't there's no reason to examine the sunset oh god so i think a lot of people miss it i think jenny did you remember it and that's why you brought us here i I actually 
don't. This might be the first time I've ever seen that description of the sunset, honestly. Because oh, okay. that is, wow. If I were playing the game, that... You so, are. Well, if I were playing the game <laughs> as a text adventure in front of me on, you know, typing, I think I would have just paused and go, what? <laughs> because oh, well, thank you. No, it's fantastic. It's a wonderful moment because it's such a... I was expecting something like the quarter description. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, you, uh-huh. you expect very utilitarian... Yeah, on one side, George Washington's head. Right. On the other, the sun. Right. <laughs> and you, you expect something very utilitarian and sort of, 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 of functional. Because so much of it is, you know, these things have to have descriptions because that's how you interact with them in the game. But to suddenly have this, you know, moment... <laughs> yeah, well, that's why people commission Ryan for things. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. Call in right now and commission me to write another game. Uh, did we look through the window over here yet? I don't think we did. Oh. Nor did we try the door. There is a painting hanging in the hallway inside. You can only see it at an extremely oblique angle, but it might be a painting of a waterfall or a lady wearing a cape. Hmm. Because the one from the east we thought was a picture of the tower. Mm-hmm. Yes, but the... Um, there's a hallway between entrances 18 and 20 that's dark except for the exit light. Mm, right. um, so from 17 and 19, I don't remember what these stupid things are. Um, uh, you're looking into a room that's rooms that are on opposite sides of that hallway. Right. Okay. Can we try the door? Can we go east? Yeah. Open the door. Oh, it's the door's handle won't budge. Ah, okay. oh, that's weird. Let's so, try those stairs. Yeah, I think that's our only okay. option. So, like, northeast and then down. Uh, northeast. Yeah, I just typed in southeast because uh, I'm not as good at directions as you are. Um, yeah, and then down. Alcove. The sign says, no smoking. But judging from the cigarette butts all over the floor, it looks like this little hole at the bottom of the stairs isn't used for anything else. The pale door here must lead into the basement. And actually, it's, uh, oh, sorry. The the detail that I will add about this room is that the real version of it I always thought would be a great place for people to play Vampire the Masquerade. <laughs> oh, I used to do that. You did? I did. I got Why are you sounding like you're ashamed of it? Oh, I will also confess I got, to having played Vampire I, the Masquerade I got in my re- life. Oh, gosh. Like, like LARPing <laughs> or like tabletop? Oh, LARPing. Okay, yeah. yeah. I, I actually got written up in, like, an article. Really? Yeah, because it was, like, that brief period in the 90s when people were excited about it. Uh-huh. Um, and I was playing with a group in New York City. Uh-huh. Um, which is kind of, like, the place to do it if you're going to do it. Sure. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, no. Because I did it there, and then I had a summer job out in Colorado, and I tried doing it in Colorado Springs. Oh, not as vampiric. <laughs> well, the thing I loved about it is in New York, people see you running around and, you know, doing stuff and they just go, oh, okay, you're another freak and they move on. Uh-huh. In, in Colorado Springs, they stare at you and they keep staring. <laughs> um, so we got, like, audiences for some scenes. <laughs> wow. Because people would just stand around trying to figure out what the hell we were doing. Um <laughs> So I thought you were going to say you got written up by whoever was running the LARP for not being vampiric enough. 
Or obeying the rules of the masquerade. No, no. Although <laughs> or throwing the beanbags. Although wrong. we 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 broke the rules of the masquerade left and right. Like oh we, yeah. We had one sequence where the prince had gathered a bunch of people in a restaurant. It was like an Italian restaurant, I think. Mm-hmm. To like break up feeding grounds. Uh huh. I'm fairly certain the people in there thought we were mafia. <laughs> because one of them is like slamming the table saying like, I want everything north of this and you can have, you know what I mean? And they're talking street names and it uh-huh. sounds like we're either breaking up vampiric feeding grounds or drug deals. <laughs> um, right. And probably a lot of people in that restaurant have no context for vampiric breeding grounds. Right. Feeding grounds. Feeding grounds. So, Both eating very different meanings. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, I do agree the stairwell probably is a good place to play Vampire Masquerade. <laughs> yeah. The lights are all orange. I don't know if I, I oh. bother to say the lights were orange. Can we examine the cigarette butts? They're diverse enough in appearance that they seem to be the relics of many different brands or else many different historical periods. Hmm. And there, there's a doorway here, right? Yeah. Okay, can we try this one? Yeah, let's open pale door. Well, hold on. You should think about this first. <laughs> it's possible that you aren't supposed to go through this door. On the other hand, there's no signage saying anything of the kind, and even then, if these people don't feel like locking a particular door, that's their problem. All right, it's settled. It is completely ethical for you to open this door. But is it moral? But is it moral, right? <laughs> I think that's the question at the very center of the Gothic Tower. Mm. Well, actually, it's it's interesting that we brought up the point of... of what was the term, Jenny, you said um, about... The environmental storytelling? Yeah, because this feels like... Because all we've done is traveled a couple rooms trying to get somewhere. Mm-hmm. But we've also traveled a whole bunch of the protagonist's neuroses. Yep. Um, so this feels like a really good example of what you were talking about. Yeah. No, this is great. I was just thinking maybe it should be an assigned writing exercise for every every time you're writing a character to describe a sunset in their voice. Because mm. that was really effective. That was really effective. It was okay. So, so, so he he has. Oh, he she. I guess we're we're gender neutral. Um, um yeah, it's whatever you want. Um, I feel like we're gender neutral, but we're basically Ryan. <laughs> A gender neutral form of Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. Um. um Let's say you're a, a dude. Okay. Okay. Um, so I flipped a coin and it came up angry eagle. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so, so I can't tell. We did. He decided that it was ethically correct to open the door, but did he actually open the door? No, we have a, c- a command prompt, so I guess you didn't open it yet. Oh okay. yeah. So let's, let's do let, that. Let's try that again. Okay. You reach toward the door, but before it opens. But it opens before you touch it. Oh. And two people walk out and bump into you. <gasps> it's just a couple of kids. Well, college kids. One of them is wearing a bright green scarf. Why does she need a scarf? It's not that cold out. They goggle at you for a second until the other one manages to say, pardon me, sorry, excuse me. 
and they rush past you and up the stairs. The door swings shut. Ah! Uh, oh, darn it. I don't know if that's locked. Um, let's try the door again. You open the basement door. Oh, okay, good. Phew. I thought that was like our only chance. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Um, I guess north? No. No? In? In. It's got to be south because you're on the north side of the building. So we went down. So we yeah. So we went north. So we went northwest from the east side of the tower. Right. And now there's we're on the north side of the building. Right. So and there's the doorway going back to the south behind us, and there was also the stairwell going down to the south behind us. Oh, okay. and we went so the, down it, so, so we're facing south. So when one, when one walks down the stairs, in my head, the stairs went northward. Oh, the stairs uh, go in a semicircle around. Oh, okay. So the, the space that you're, when you, when you go down, the space that you're occupying is actually directly below the space you were in before. Ah, okay. So then south. Uh, well, I just said in. Okay. That works. Saved us all the trouble. <laughs> <laughs> uh, basement hallway. The lights in here are orange, which would seem to indicate something. That's a sentence for you. Yeah. <laughs> At the south of the hall, a door leads into the main staircase. The pale door at the north end opens outside. The door in the east wall is labeled maintenance. High on the wall, an antiquated security camera turns from one to the other. Oh. The doors, I guess. Yeah. That's oh. bad writing. The door swings shut behind you. There's a ridiculous um, subsystem in here for how... Uh, any door that you open uh, swings shut a turn later. Wow. Uh, but they remain open. It's stupid. <laughs> I mean, it's it's supposed to be realistic because that's how these kinds of doors actually operate. They mm -hmm. always swing shut. But um, that entails a bunch of complications that I decided to model. Uh-huh. It's verisimilitude. Yeah. Yes. I think it's as similitude as it gets. <laughs> Thanks, Doris. Um, okay, so we're on candid camera. Um, yeah. That's a little disturbing. Uh, the door to the north closed. There's a maintenance door to the east. There's a door to the south to another staircase. Looks like. Well, every rule of D&D &D tells me that you have to clear the floor you're on before you go to the next one. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's so true. So, let's, well, first Net let's hack look, too. <laughs> first, let's look at the camera. Okay. It is a big, angry trapezoid painted a shade of a shade of burnt umber. Why is it everything angry? Because of my mental state. Trapezoid. Painted a shade of burnt umber that hasn't been in currency for decades. The eye is a dusty bubble behind a dustier pane of protective glass. Lots of panes of glass in this game. Ah. Um. Okay. Uh, Lots of eyes. Look. Can we look? Does the east door have a window too, or not all I, doors have windows? Let's see. Uh, X maintenance door. It's a tough looking door, steel door. Yeah, it has a window. Okay. Can we look in the window? Look in. I remember this being a pain to disambiguate, so I'm gonna look in maintenance door window. It's dark in there, but you can barely make out a row of lockers. Huh. Um, open maintenance door. The door's handle won't budge. You can see through the window to the other side, though. Hmm. 
And there's nothing else here. I guess we have to go south. You have to. Bottom <laughs> of the stairs. You knew this part was coming. Uh-oh. Here's the lowermost of many flights of stairs, this one with a triangular nook underneath it, one of those spaces that attracts dust and dead bugs. Painted on the wall is a large letter B. A door leads out to the basement hallway. The door swings shut behind you. Can we look at the nook? A person of your size could conceivably enter this cavity in order to hide from a pursuer if it ever came to that. Yeah, I think we should go in there. Sure, enter a nook. You hunch over slightly to fit in the nook. Hey, a dollar. Whoa. All right. So is our score like money based? Because we're up like a dollar twenty five now. <laughs> um, um, you haven't taken the dollar. Yeah, let's take the dollar and then examine it. Okay. And how angry are the animals on it? <laughs> it's in fairly good shape, considering. Oh, that's it. Okay. Yeah. No. So no. maybe not that angry then. Right. Um, well. We have George Washington, who wasn't angry on the quarter, so why would he be angry now? Oh, that's true. But the pyramid, because it's misunderstood... Oh, that's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. ...is angry. Yeah, you, that's, an ang- the... that's an angry eye in the pyramid. I mean, let's... That is, yeah. yeah. So, okay. So, <laughs> I guess we... Can we can we look, look at the nook again? Is there any more description once we're in it, or...? Oh, yeah. If you examine it while you're in it, it says, This is not, as it turns out... A comfortable nook. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, exit nook. Now you're in the bottom of the stairs again. Okay. Um, look in window. Through the door, you can see the basement hallway looking very dreary and orange. I guess open door. You open the door to the basement hallway. Enter door. This is the hallway you were in before with the maintenance door oh oh okay i thought we went down a flight of stairs with it i guess not. no you were you were at the bottom of a flight ah, of stairs. okay okay enter with door a nook underneath it. yeah enter door up okay we're getting back inside and going back up i understand okay so um we're at the bottom of the stairs you want to go up yeah first floor landing there's a flight of stairs going up, and there's a flight of stairs going down. A big numeral one is painted on the wall. A door leads out to the first floor hallway. Um, hmm. Just to confirm. Okay, uh, can we go north? Uh, first floor hallway. The hallway is very dark, except in this small area near the vending machine. A cushioned bench sits across from it in a place where hungry souls can sit and consider which snack to purchase. <laughs> a door leads back into the stairway. It shuts behind you. Huh. Because I would have thought we would, in my mental map in my head, we'd be near the north entrance, but I guess not. Um, okay, so uh, let's look at the, the seat. A uh, bench. Oh, the bench, sorry. Not a bad place to take a break. <laughs> Hint? Uh, sure, sit on bench. <laughs> sit on bench. You get onto the cushioned bench. Look at vending machine. It looks like a roll of mints, E2, or a pack of gum, E4, is 50 cents. A chocolate bar, D1, nut roll, D3, or a box of crackers, C5, is 75 cents. And a bag of cookies, B1, potato chips, A4, or corn nuts, A5, but those things are inedible, is $1.20. 
To your right are the slots for bills and coins, that seven-segment display that says how much money is in the machine, zero dollars and zero cents, the buttons for your letters and your numbers and your coin return, and the little hole that your change comes out of. Okay, well, we've got that key that says 2D. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but in all seriousness, I think that we should save our money. Yeah, this feels like, I don't know how evil this game is on the Zarpian scale, but... um... If we if we meet a troll that only eats like you know potato chips mm-hmm. or corn nuts, or imagine corn nuts. right? Oh, that would be a troll indeed. Oh, that would be the king of all trolls. And we have unfortunately spent all our money on mints. Then we will be uh-huh. very sorry. Yeah, I forgot I put mints in this game. <laughs> is that why is that funny? Because it's. Honestly, I actually forgot there was a vending machine in this game. Wow! When I, when I like, I didn't even think about it until I saw this description, and then I remembered the horrible machinery underneath this vending machine. Uh, how was... I implemented a currency system and uh-huh. insanity. Oh, yeah, your, you your really mach- went all out. Your machine makes change in everything. Oh boy, does it! And it produces new objects for like dimes and nickels. Yep. Oh, that's horrible. Uh-huh. I mean, that's great that you did it. But, yeah. Oh, no, you were right the first time. That's awful <laughs> to actually do. It's, so it's interesting because if I were advising someone about the writing of an interactive fiction, I would say like, okay, what? so what kind of gameplay stuff do you want to like primarily have and what kind of gameplay stuff like enhances the theme? You know, and, and like maybe focus on that and that's where you should spend your energy. You know, what's going to be like really important in the and uh, <laughs> Yeah. And I think if I remember correctly, you can basically just ignore the entire vending machine this whole game. Oh, yeah. A lot of people never see it because why would you go out of the, the stairs on the first floor? Yeah, because you're not at the top yet. Yeah. Right. But D&D tells us you have to go through every floor before going to the next one. That's true, and I I agree with your method. So, okay. So, is there a way north from here, or no? Let's try going north. You end up back in the stairs. Okay. That doesn't make any sense. So, if we go south, we go back to the vending machine. Yep. What happens if we go south from here? Although it seems reasonable to guess that the hallway continues in the same direction for some distance, you'd prefer not to go stumbling around in the dark. A safer bet is heading back inside the stairway. Okay, okay. I think what's going on, because we went north or whatever and south to get out of the stairway, and I think it's just if you go in any compass direction from the stairway, you try going out the door because that's what makes Uh, sense, quote-unquote. Okay, Okay, so um, it's a cushioned seat. Mm-hmm. Is can we like look under the cushion or under the seat? Uh, under cushion, you can't see any such thing. You can't see any such. Oh, because it's a bench. The oh, noun sorry. is bench. You find nothing of interest. Okay. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. I guess we go back in the stairs and go up. Okay. Second oh, but... floor landing. Oh, I'm sorry. There's a. Oh, sorry. Was, was Jenny trying to do I was something? just going to say really, so to finish my thought earlier about the vending machine, ah, Ryan, oh yeah. you go in the auteur category in my head where you can just implement all the crazy vending machines you want. 
that are totally irrelevant and it's fine. Oh, but if someone else did that, it would <laughs> if be... If someone else did it, I'd be like, wow, so I don't, I really don't know about that move. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's just uh, the elan with which someone does it. Well, a vending machine is thematically appropriate because it involves looking at something through a pane of glass. That's true, which um, is a symbolic of the protagonist's pain. <laughs> yep. <laughs> wow, that was a long way to go for a pun. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> oh, so we're on the second floor landing. We are. There's a flight of stairs going up, and there's a flight of stairs going down. A big numeral two is painted on the wall. A door leads out to the second floor hallway. Someone dropped their notebook on the steps. Oh, get the notebook. Okay. It has information about every object in the game. <laughs> Correct. Take it. Uh, examine notebook. It's small enough to fit in the back pocket and clearly has seen its share of adventures. The cover is closed. Diary has been scrawled across it in pen. Ooh. Oh, that's mean. Open diary. <laughs> you paw tentatively at the cover. It occurs to you that the author of this journal likely did not expect for a stranger to pick it up and start reading. The author probably would be somewhat upset if they discovered you browsing through their diary, and justifiably so. That's false, though. Nobody can reasonably expect that their possessions will remain unmolested after being abandoned in a staircase. A person who wants their secrets to remain secret has a responsibility to avoid dropping those secrets on the floor and probably shouldn't have them down in the first place. That should say have written them down in the first place. You've made your decision. Open diary. <laughs> so, so this game is really about opening things twice. Uh-huh. Yeah. After you've reasoned with yourself yeah. about why it's not terribly After unethical. You, <laughs> uh, you no longer things. have any qualms with reading this diary, but it would be nice if you could find a place to sit down first. Oh, oh hey. I know just the spot. Um, I remember why I thought sitting on that bench was important. So down and through the door and to the comfy... It's not a seat, it's a... Bench. Bench. Okay, sit on bench. You sit on the cushioned bench. And open the diary. Well, listeners, I bet you wish you knew what was inside of that diary. I know. And so will you when you listen to the next episode of Clash of the Titans. The episode that comes after this one of the podcast that you have just listened to this episode of. Thank you for doing so. Good night.